0: Hi everyone, you are on the air and off the books with Bethany and Samantha, and today we are interviewing the amazing Maureen Johnson, author of Truly Devious. We actually just finished up interviewing her, and it was an amazing conversation, and we would like to once again say thank you to Maureen for taking the time to speak with us and for all of the fun that we had. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Now, on to the
1: interview. Hi. How are you today? Good. So forgive it's a little crazy here I'm staying with my family I'm helping them out uh oh. but it's all a little my mom's about to go away for a couple of days I'm helping take care of my dad it's all kicking off over there dogs barking so that's why I think that's all it. right big box and milk bones <laughs> I love it <laughs> that's, that's all fantastic. right
0: fantastic I'm Beth
2: Ann. and I'm Samantha hi and we're really excited to have you on today yes we're
0: excited and really nervous we actually. were very <laughs> nervous <laughs> what are you nervous about
2: so awesome this is so cool so i'm very excited uh, to be here oh awesome. well, thank you yeah we're um we're super excited to talk about yeah. this book also we love um, the book. Um, it was fantastic. um for anybody that's listening we um recently read truly devious devious by maureen johnson who is with us today um we had the opportunity to talk to her a little bit about herself and the book and we're really excited um And why don't you tell us a little bit
1: about yourself? My name is Maureen. I have written, I guess, a lot of YA novels. There's a bunch of them. I've done it for some time. Uh, I live in New York City uh, with my husband, who is an English person, and my dog, who is just a ball of feelings and happiness and springs. (laughs) she's down here with me now because I'm not currently in New York city. I'm with my parents down in Philadelphia. I'm lending a helping hand. And, um, I am hundred percent certain at any point now, this dog is going to be like, Hey, are you talking? I need to be in that <laughs> action. They're here to interview me, me Dexie. That's who this interview is for. So
2: it's all about her. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: It, it is all about her. But, you know, in a very <laughs> good way, Dexie speaks in all caps. She's always saying I love you, but it's what it comes out as is. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. I write books. I love mysteries. Uh, I live the mystery lifestyle. I lived it so hard that I married someone from a murdery English village. Um, and I ended up writing <laughs> nice. a book called Your Guide to Not Getting Murdered in a Quaint English Village that is in a large part based on his actual oh, village that he comes from. That's, oh, that's amazing. So cool.
2: I love that. That's
1: what fantastic. what kind of
2: dog is, yes. is her name Dexie?
1: She is a rescue mix. We got her when she was eight weeks old, but she is a rescue puppy from Kentucky, which means that she is a little bit of everything. <laughs> a little bit of spice, a little bit of beans, a little bit of hot peppers. She is a brindle mix. We think she's a a North Carolina plot hound mixed oh. with, which is a very particular type of brindly dog. And they are unafraid of anything. These dogs will track bears. They will oh, fight gosh. a bear. <laughs> Oh my. they don't care. At least
2: if you come across a bear she's got you, you, you yeah
0: know. you're good you're golden <laughs> but she's always like i got
1: you i got you she's a big love muffin but she's like she, and when she sees people she just curls up at their feet like a little shrimp and uh that. because i live in new york and i work from home i'm a writer we go out for an hour a day it's our hour walk that i refer to as our jobs we go and do our jobs mm. i say okay we gotta go do <laughs> jobs now of oh, her ears per- perked up because i said it and we go and we get coffee. Then she takes me on a walk to all the places in the East Village that are her friends that give her milk bone. So Aww. she then drags me to the fancy flower store, and then she takes me to just like various coffee stores, flower stores, the wine stores, so
0: she's the store, uh, the hardware store. She
1: knows where she's
0: going. I know she knows. The
1: vet. Knows. There's a vet that gives out as many fancy the dried chicken treats as you want we go there we get many mm. steps in and she goes around and like griffs the whole neighborhood <laughs> that's
0: awesome i love that she's an East she's village brandy. dog yeah she's the main character
1: she is oh she is Walk. she walks the streets of new york like it's me dexie i'm here <laughs> new york can open it's time to start everybody and show it up
0: i love that so much so much
1: okay
2: i like her so if anybody listening on here this actually so this is going to release on june 1st um yes. our guy who edits the podcast he's got to put stuff together you know do whatever he's it is they do editing magic yes yeah. so everybody will be able to listen to this on june 1st um and if you don't know we what inspired this all is that we picked up truly devious this book has been on my shelf for a long time and if anybody has ever like known me or been to my house I have 47 shelves of (laughs) to be r to be read and so I'm like you know what this has been here too long I am picking it up and opening it So I read it and then Ann read it. And we were like, we love this. Um, Fantastic. It kind of reminds me of like, um, like a Nancy Drew vibe, which I'm a huge fan of Nancy Drew. So um, I loved it. I gave it a 27 out of 10. Um, Do you want to kind of give us a little synopsis of the book? We're really
0: bad at getting into book reviews on our podcast and then like getting super excited and then like going like full steam ahead for all of our books. And they were like, wait, hold on. We have to back up. Yeah, we have to tell you about the book <laughs> because we're so like, you know, hyper so, about it.
1: Well, I, as a kid was an obsessive mystery reader. I mean, truly from, I, I remember the first, I was four. I was given a little child's edition of the Hound of the Baskervilles. And it was the first full book I ever read. I remember sitting on the floor, my living room, reading it, being blown away by this guy. I was a mystery obsessive. Um, Every little mystery I could get my hands on. then every, every big mystery I could get my hands on and every, everything that had a puzzle, a solution at the end. Um, Then I was eating every Agatha Christie in the library. Then I was eating everything else I could get my hands on. And I never wrote for a long time, a pure mystery just a pure flat out classic mystery. I don't know why. Sometimes I think you don't do the thing that's in your blood that you really love that you're afraid you're going to get it wrong or something, uh, or, yeah. but I was like, I, this is in me. Yeah. Um. So, and also I wasn't sure if people wanted, like were ready for it. Like if I went to another, I was like, I'm trying a straight up classic mystery. But the, I said, I want to write a straight up classic mystery. And um, I explained the, the premise. And that is that there is a girl named Stevie Bell. She is um, she leads what she considers a very boring suburban life. She has anxiety. She is not always super good with people, and she very much wants to solve crimes. She's obsessed with things that are unsolved, with just the th- that's out there in the world that could be figured out. And one of the things she's most obsessed with is a crime that took place at a place called Ellingham Academy in 1936. Ellingham Academy is this school in the mountains of Vermont. It's literally up on a mountainside. It was built by an incredibly rich man named Albert Ellingham, who wanted to build an experimental school that was free. And you didn't have to have any special qualifications to get there. It was you had to have a something and then they would Mm -hmm. kind of tail your learning. And it's a school still exists. Um, but in 1936 his wife and his daughter were kidnapped and a student at the school went missing all in one night and that what led from there was a series of ransom demands things that went wrong the one student was found dead his wife was found dead but his daughter was never found and it was this crime of the century that kind of rips through the time like it rips through 1936 it's very dramatic but it's unsolved to this day stevie's like I want to get into Ellingham and solve this mystery Yes, because I believe that with modern techniques, basically the internet and someone on location, this actually could be done. And so she applies to Ellingham sort of on a wing and a prayer, like they're never going to let me in. And they let her in. And she goes to Ellingham Academy and her, which starts with a junior and senior year, it's two years. And she tries to solve the mystery of what happened to Iris and Alice Ellingham, and to Dottie Epstein, the student that was killed. And you see you see the crimes of the past. You get to see yes. things like witness statements. You get different perspectives from the day of what happened. It's all very carefully designed. I'm letting you know, because you too can solve the crime. <laughs> um, I like a solvable... Like I very much believe in fair play, so there's stuff in there to help you solve it. But while she's there, a new Someone else at the school dies, and this sets off a chain of events, and it's all interrelated.
0: So good. I okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna like shake things up a little bit because you said I really love all of your characters that you wrote for this particular book. Because I like that because you just said you had to have some, you had to have a something, and Mm. I love that, like, these are normal to me they n- they're normal kids with things that they love the things yeah. that they're interested in their passions like things like that and like i really love the ma- our main character because like i relate to her so much cuz i yeah the simple fact that she has anxiety she's like, very relatable she is and it's not it's because i feel like oh like i see myself in there i see like a little bit of like this is a teenager who has things that she wants to go for, trying to figure herself out, who has normal anxiety like her sitting up at night and like how she goes into like i i know this is happening to me but i don't know why this is happening to me. Right. Just like those particular parts i appreciated so much because like it made her like a real human being like that i yeah. could just talk to and be like yeah i get that. And you and don't you don't that. get
2: a lot of that in other books like i you feel like don't. a lot of the times the main characters so like unrealistic. But
0: I felt like um, Stevie was really relatable. And she was, and she was trying to find herself too. You can see in that first book that she's trying to find who she is. And she's gaining confidence as she goes on through this mystery and things like that. I really love it. And I I love the flashbacks back and forth. I did too, yeah. And did you, so when, so I know that Dottie was kind of like, Steve, she likes the things that Stevie liked as well. Were they intentionally similar in a way? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, she's, too. Dottie is, So Dottie Epstein, the the student from 1936, she's also brilliant. She's a very, very smart student. Um, And one of the things about Ellingham is that money is one of the things that they say about is money is not an issue. You don't, nobody pays to go there. No matter how much money you have, nobody pays to go there. So money is not an issue in terms of when you get to the school, everything has been paid for. Yeah. So everybody gets the same stuff. And I love that concept too. I mean, that's a concept I personally believe in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but there's also the point that Albert, sorry, Albert Ellingham, because he's so rich can kind of do what he wants. And that so, you know, that there's this whole, well, you know, rich people can make this, this, yeah, he can do what he wants because he has a lot of money.
0: Right. Right. And I liked that it like them going to the school and them all bringing in their different things, but it kind of equalized them because they had like the same mental playing field. Because there wasn't any, like, I mean, there were strings, but not like the monetary strings like she talks about in the book, because she can tell that there are differences between her and other right. people and she notices those things, but like mentally, they're all on the the same playing field to be able to learn and grow and like at their own pace and do these different projects and things like that.
1: I wanted to remove some of the, I wanted to give people a place that they could go to that removes some of the external competitive metrics. Yeah. That kids yeah, I, go through, like this, is yeah. not about testing or passing certain classes. Like every class here is different, right? Everybody's yeah. coming literally from a different place with a different set of skills. I love right. that. So yeah. they're not all reaching for the same ring. They're they're absolutely all doing different things. Yes, yes, I love that.
0: So
2: and was it? I always wonder, like when people write um thriller, mystery, um, crime novels, is it really hard to plant clues along the way and like, remember back, like, okay, I wrote this. I got to
0: remember that this has to go with this. Is there a lot of back and forth or that? Yeah. Cause is it because you're, you have a passion for mer- the mystery. I so do. It, it so natural for you. Just like, this is just. Everything I have a way. I,
1: I start with. So when I start a mystery, any of these, and I've written several Stevie bells, I'm writing a new separate one. There's more Stevie bells. I have a very precise way, which is that I start from the dead center with nothing around me. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: questions are who, why, and how, basically. Hmm. And I ignore who and how for a minute and always begin with why. I start with absolutely nothing else, but why. Okay. And from there, I start adding in my how and my who. And I build this little tiny mechanism at the middle. It's very precise. It's exactly what happened and why. And then I kind of build out from the center, kind of little tiny, doo, doo, doo. like I'm doing very precise jeweling work or something and building a little clockwork until I've built this entire thing. I do nothing else. I'll take little sketch notes around because the way I see mysteries is it's a central little golden thing in the center, a little, a little machine that goes yeah. and that's the central event that's the central crime that's happened the who what why and how is all just in there mm-hmm. clues are things that fly off this as you get away from the center you go further and further out in time from the event the event is harder to reach and you get more just like imagine a fire with stuff flying off of it like yeah, a little I piece know. of a little piece of paper flies off into the breeze there's a stick And you have to kind of pick up this stuff and wind your way back into the center. So I I always have the whole what happened, how it happened, all of it written out. I usually have a case file. I have solution files. I have all kinds of information. And I don't write an order. So I, I build it out. So I also write in Scrivener. So I can, I can put different, I so I'll I never ever write, never written order, never once. So I write little sections of things and I can kind of figure out how I want where things to go in. And then as things develop, you can go, okay, I can actually link this and draw a string down to here. I can link this and draw a string down to here. I'd be good. And then you pick up a little clue and you're like, I'll just drop that right there in three, scooch it down a little bit, perfect. You know, there's a lot of that. As you can see, I'm moving my hands a lot, but I really can see this all very clearly in my head. But I
0: think that's what makes writing an art form. And that's what people don't see, though, is that you peel back that and then you really get to see inside like the heart and the mind of an author and the way that their process is. And it's like painting or drawing a picture because you Mm -hmm. can visualize that process when you explain it. But when I'm looking at the the item as a whole, like it's so like crazy. (laughs) It is because it's like... (laughs) Like, like, this is so crazy how you got to this point or yeah. like trying to decide, like, okay, well, you had to go from here to here to here. And me intimidated by the writing process, yeah. you think that you have 100%. to start like this chronological thing and no.
2: can't move forward. And that's how like, I, it like, it's so interesting to see how like other, like you and other, all these other authors, like how their writing process is. because in my mind, I'm like, okay, yes. like I got to <laughs> type from. To to four. never,
1: never yeah. in my life have I done it.
2: Yeah, but it's just so like, and it's, it's come natural crazy. to you that way, yeah. right? I mean, it...
1: never, never. Yeah. I used to write even my papers in college, I would write that way.
2: See, and I, I wish like... I had a mind like that. I know. It's so clever. I think I'm, well, just I'm... so worried that I'm going to like disappoint that I'm like, you know what? It's it's going to be what it is. Well, so I've got to, you know.
0: But then I think you have to take the expectation of that out because then you're starting with, because it's about what you want and what you want to say. So that's yeah. where you have to start. How you write right? how you
1: write. Like nobody, yeah. nobody, that's why I never, I've tried writing in sequence. I'm like, how do people do this? This is insane. Like <laughs> I can, the, my brain doesn't work this way. I have little sections. Like I see, sometimes I see very, I'm like, oh, this needs to happen. So What's great about Scrivener is that I can build files on the side, Right. which is if you've never used it, it's a, gr- it is a, a lot of writers I know use it is a great program. And basically all it is, is a, you can use it to write any, anything from a short story to a novel, to a screenplay or whatever it's got. Don't worry about all the formatting stuff. The great part is that right. has a sidebar where you can have as many files as you want. Mm-hmm. And then you can, if you want, in my case, I create little folders, you know,
0: yeah, sections, so, your information
1: or even color code like all I do is like the greens are the are the flashback scenes so I can see you know approximately how many where I'm placing the flashback scenes and time because I, I try to aim for the same kind of interval right
0: flow I think that's a great um piece of advice too for our writers group because we have a writers group here that our teen librarian does for um and they meet every Thursday and they sit down and they do creative writing exercises and they work on their own personal things. I think that's something that they, that we could show them, especially like this podcast, because then mm-hmm. they can feel a little bit more free to just kind of move to create a story, put things together. Um, that's
1: really awesome. I, love I listen, that. I have that's a piece awesome. of, I have a piece of writing advice. Don't follow writing advice. You write how you write. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Yes. I mean, you can have, you can go. I have an MFA in writing. Does anyone care? No. Like, what did it do? (laughs) I'll tell you actually what the secret of the MFA of writing is. I discovered it at the end and I whispered it in one of my thesis sessions with my thesis advisor. I was like, I think I figured it out. This is all about who to listen to. And he's like, bingo. So, yeah, it's not so much that they're teaching you how to write, they're showing you blocks of how other people have written. Right. Things you can take apart. But then they put you in these workshop groups where 10 people will have 10 entire different opinions. Right. You, you yeah. give your piece and they're like, I love the piece. I need more of the mother. And the second person will be like, I love the piece. Cut the mother. The third person is like, I hated the piece. Was there a mother in it? The, third, yeah. the fourth person be like, turn the mother into a chicken. And you'll yeah. get <laughs> all of this different advice. And you'll go home and go like, what was that? I don't know what that was about. But the whole point is you get a lot of that. You do that a lot of times. Until you develop this inner kind of radar, like this literal internal thing that tells you how to parse that and what frequencies of that work with what it is you're trying to do. Because it is super, it is like a, it's like you're tuning your ear. Mm -hmm. It's like you're learning to hear pitch or something.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: That's sort of what the secret of it all was. Also, I talk people out of MFAs all the time. It's like my passion is talking (laughs) people out of MFAs. If you have MFA, that's great. I got one too. It's just that I tend to think they're very expensive. And sometimes they don't teach you. They're not like, now you're a writer. You can sort of learn a lot of this stuff on your own. And then you'll have more money to write. Because you can't write all the time if you have no money and then you have to work constantly because you're like you paying off an MFA. So
0: it is a big job I've seen, like in some different people that I've talked to, like they pour so much of their soul, their time, their effort into creating these people, these characters. And you guys live with these characters too. Like they are part of your world all the time. Um, And so you pour yourself, it's like bearing your soul to the whole world. So you want to be able to dedicate yourself to that. Because it is so special. Mm-hmm. So then would it be safe to say that Stevie is like kind of not a mirror, but like a lot of you is in her, or that you've you feel like that connection, that kinship with her?
1: I feel I feel a kinship with all of them. I mean, yeah. I've written a lot of main characters. I there's probably a little bit of me in all of them. Yeah, that's but one thing, for example, Stevie has anxiety. It is not a defining character trait, it's mm-hmm. just there. Because yeah. I had anxiety. Yeah. I, especially, it turns out I had this, I we didn't know, but I had an internal bleed for a long time. And I had this crazy form of anemia that mm-hmm. manifested finally in these massive, constant, rolling, nonstop panic attacks. Like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It was, but you've, if you've been through it, you've been through it. Like, it is awful. Yeah. It, night, day, didn't matter. Shocks down my arms, like constantly, like, whoa, it was terrible. Yeah. Um. But I was like, okay, brain, this is what you're going to do. I guess <laughs> we're going to roll with it. I wrote a book through it. Like, and I was yeah. like, this is super dumb, but I guess we're just going to do this. This is just <laughs> going to be, and I kind of imagined it like a big kind of cartoon monster that followed me around. And mm-hmm. it was really, it didn't know what to be frightened of because it was like shoes, ugh. you know. It was always yeah. frightened of things, and I'm like, okay, you must, you know, just
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> <Calm when down laughs> a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when you realize it's not going to hurt you and it's just this thing that you have, like it's a weird pet. Yeah. Then yeah. I kind of just worked with it, oh, yeah. and I just wanted it to be like she just has this thing, and then she goes about her day. Like yes, yeah. and that's
0: what I like It's yes. because it's not like this. You're right. It's not this crippling thing. She. Is able to like, okay, this is like you said, this is happening and we're going on. And I feel like that's so hard for some people to learn though. And it's such a good example of like, yeah, she has these goals, these dreams, and things are not gonna stand in the way of her being able to get to those things that she loves, that she's truly passionate about. And I really admire that.
1: Yeah. A also, a lot of kids have anxiety. So I'm like, hey, listen, yes, it can just lot. be this thing you have, and we're all just gonna like, hey, I got it too. Come on, let's party. Like, it's fun. Yeah, you know? yeah
0: I love that.
1: We can you really want to go. And if you're at this party with us and you're having your panic attack, it's fine. Just vibe with it. We'll all just vibe with you. Like, yeah,
0: right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Me. We'll just do the thing
0: <laughs> and then it's going to go. And then we're just going to keep rolling on. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll
1: just keep going. It's fine. Like, it's not embarrassing. It's, they always stop. They won't hurt you. And actually you are the boss of it. You just have to learn yeah. to be the boss of it. We you know more
0: people like you. Yeah. Yes. Shout it out to the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm like, yes. Who? Yes. Okay, who
2: was the most difficult character for you to write?
1: David. David. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the
1: easiest is probably Nate, the writer. So, one of her uh, Stevie's friends in her dorm is in her house, Minerva, that she lives in, is Nate. Nate wrote a book when he was 14, like he just kind of was messing around online. He wrote this book that turned it was fan fiction or sort of, and then he just was publishing it online and became successful. It got published. And then he became a thing and they want him to write a second book. And Nate spends all of his time trying not to write the second book because he's terrified.
0: Yes, I love that.
1: (laughs) So Nate is always like, uh,
2: he's always not writing. Nate just cracked me up through the entire book. He was just like, I have no time for any of this.
1: (laughs) He's every writer.
0: Yes, and I love like visualizing his facial expressions through some things he's just like deadpan like
1: like, we're not doing this today (laughs) he meets a fan in the box in the woods that doesn't go well oh Oh, no no. (laughs) (laughs) oh no
0: yeah
2: he's he is awesome so why was David so hard
1: to write Uh, romance is always the part where you have to pin me down so I have a bunch of my really good friends were all writers and we work together. We go places together to work and help each other out. So part of my writer's group um, is Cassie Clare, Holly Black, um, Kelly Link, Robin Wasserman, Lee Bardugo. So nice. Nice. it's a good workshop group. That's yeah. sort of yeah. the people yeah. that tend to be in around the most. But Holly and I, Holly Black, let me tell you about Holly Black. Holly yeah. Black is a genius. She's an I actual, agree. legit, <laughs> full-on genius she is also the doctor house of books like whatever is wrong with your book she will discover it holly does things like if you send her an email midnight says my book is broken i don't know what's wrong with it she says send it to me and then call me at 4 a.m oh wow (laughs) and then you call her at 4 a.m and she knows what's wrong with your book and it's never what you thought it was she only ever wants when you meet Holly, she's like, what are you writing? Let's work on it. Like Holly's Holly, yeah. Holly's displacement technique is wanting to work on other people's books, but she's super good at it. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. So for so when I was working on the romance for this, she sidled up to me in a hot tub. She said, tell me about the romance. I was like, no. And I kept trying to get away, but it was small. And I was like, I can't escape. And she's like, You can't get away from me. You must tell me your romance bottle. I, like, ah. I tried to go under the water. It was too hot. I was like, ah. I was like no, I <laughs> air outside was too cold. I was like, ah, I'm trapped. She, <laughs> she knew. Um, one time we worked up, so she was like, Let's just talk about this. And so I was at her house this time and she has a giant dining room table, this big table, and she's installed a roll of butcher's paper at the end. So she can like roll out these big brown strips of paper. Genius. And she was like, it was like around 11 o'clock at night. And she was like, okay. And she filled the paper, the table with paper, plunked down a, a mug full of crayons and said, let's go, let's dance. Let's talk. <laughs> and we talked through, I told her everything I knew about everything that was going to happen with all of these characters um throughout the next couple books in terms of their personal lives and um she wrote down what I was writing and then we were like oh then this that pattern's here and like so I and then she ripped it off and handed it to me and I took it home and I have it I, I turned it into a small chart and it's on my wall oh, so but you really have to kind of really jump on my back and pin me to the floor sometimes to get to do the romance that's just like her i will do you know the mystery all day long but when yeah. it gets romance i'm like eh.
2: it's so hard to-
1: it's so hard it's the yeah. part it is the part where you really genuinely i have been pinned pinned
2: <laughs> so do you do you not like reading romance because she does
1: not <laughs> she will not read romance
0: it's just i don't know
1: i don't i'm like it's fine, <laughs> fine. you know what i mean like it's just yeah they tried to figure out, they had a they had a committee meeting, like find out what Maureen likes in terms of romance. She's like, they're like, what romance tropes do you like? And I was like, I can't think of anything, yeah. anything. They're like, you gotta have one. And it turns out mine is really stupid characters having <laughs> to have a romance. Like my ideal romance is Bertie Wooster and this, oh God, what's the name of this particular? Bertie Wooster is a famously not very bright character in PG Wodehouse. And this, this woman keeps trying to like be his girlfriend and is his girlfriend and does things like sneaks up behind him and covers her eyes and goes his eyes and goes, guess who? And she's, and I'm like, that's, that's it. They're like, we can work with that. And then they found me every romance book that had that thing. They found me one, I think it was by, oh, who wrote like the moth and the, uh, it's a really famous very, very prolific person that writes a lot of Regency romances. Uh, in any nice case, way. this main character, the, the love, the guy that she was going to marry. At one point, he's just sitting in the corner eating a piece of paper. I'm like, that's my guy. We found him. <laughs> yes. <That's laughs> fantastic.
0: That's We've done
1: it. You cracked it. Found him. <laughs> I, think they, I think it was a book called Cotillion they gave me. I can't remember who wrote it, but. It, it's a very well-known book but yeah I think that's the one they gave me and I was like now nah, someone finally understands me
0: <laughs> the, the perfect romance I love that I love that I'm not the only person who
1: <laughs> it's nice to know that I'm not alone out there <laughs> I, I am the I am like very clinically I mean in the old rules of mystery you weren't supposed to have romances in them and mm. I, you know, and there was like no romance. Now there is one successful, really, really successful classic mystery that has a romance strewn throughout all of them. And that is Lord Peter Whimsey and Harriet Vane. Um, was written by Dorothy L. Sayers. That's mm. a full on, those books are amazing. She's brilliant. And there is a romance that goes on through all of them. They meet when she's on the stand for murder perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one, he doesn't really even show up very much at all. And it's about her going back to her women's college. Like there was a women's college at Oxford that she attended. And it's about sort of the politics of of women's education. And it's more Mm -hmm. like a meditation on like, it's called Gaudi night. It's a mystery, but it's a very famous one about women in universities. It's really good. Mm -hmm. It can be done. You just have to pin me to the floor to do it. I love that and <laughs> then if I'm like all right I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and then I get the knives out I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like all
0: right let's go for it Torture. <laughs> that's fantastic I love it so then these so your writing group do they help influence your writing style then or do they is it just like this awesome like friend group. friend group yeah just get
1: We tr- we travel know. together Cassie tends to get places and then we. We will go off for a while and just write. So I'm very lucky to have a friend that's like, hey, come on, let's go. We're going to Costa Rica. And then there's a house and you just show up. And then they're they're always puzzled with us because these are always like vacation houses. And we roll up and they're like, surfboard. And we're like, Nope. And we're just sitting there typing all day. And they're like, what we don't know what to do with them? Like, margarita. <laughs> and we're like, no, can just, we're just going to drink water and with coffee, just coffee, 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 coffee. And then we just write all day. And then eventually they get used to us. They're like, they just, they're very easy. They just sit around all day. <laughs> they type. <laughs> and then they have really weird conversations at meals. <laughs> <laughs> like I think the <laughs> last one we went on, I remember a lot of the times we were talking about the trend of spider romances. Uh,
0: spider what? Romances?
1: There's a whole thing on like a lot of the Kindle Unlimited books. There's or there's a lot of that, like the self-published um, romance community that's really thriving, but there are right. certain genres pop up and spider romance was huge. And I was like, tell me more about the spider romance. I could submit. <sighs> All right. I'm not, not interested. So yeah, just, you know, all the, uh, all of the, these things, these are how I find out about like things like spider romance.
0: I've so
2: so never, this is the
0: first time I've Ooh, heard it. about spider romance. Romances Ooh. have been like, especially fantasy romance, right? There's now. There's a lot like, of
1: monster that. romance. Yeah.
0: Yes. And like, when I search for people through the library for our patrons and things like that, and they're looking for specific things. And I, I'm logged into my Amazon, which is <laughs> a mistake because it tailors everything to you. I get all of these recommendations. <laughs> I'm like. That is interesting. What is this? And then I get to read. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> but it
0: is. It's like yeah. this huge trend. But by- okay, now I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna look it up. I'm definitely. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like monster romance. There's a whole oh, but. Book- huh. But so for good. I'm a solitary creature. I'm a very happy solitary creature. Just kind of, but it's good. Like when they get there, they kind of will pin me down and be like, Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> and then just just talking all the time and just being around and just having a break. Just because there's so much of the writing life, nobody tells you is that there's a surprising amount of paperwork involved like just stuff you have to do constantly and just yeah. getting the time that's just protected is is amazing. yeah, yeah. so I don't know where I would be without my friends honestly because they're yeah. just my friends so yeah, but they're but they're friends that do the same thing. so right. together you know
0: you have that interconnected support group and that friendship. so it's just like a beautiful package all in one.
1: I mean, for example, yeah. when I live in the middle of New York city, when COVID hit and it, when, when it first hit New York and it was so bad and we really live in the center of that. We live around a lot of hospitals.
0: Oh, Frankly, yeah.
1: we live where like the portable morgues were all around us. It was, yeah. so it was that first week we had to decide whether we were going to stay or leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And what to do. Cause it was like, we don't not know what's about to happen here in New York. And it was bad. Right. And Holly called and said, we've made a plan. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: She and her husband were going to drive down, each drive one of their cars, and then they would leave the one car, all it out, air it out, and leave it, and give that car to us. And they said, and you just grab your stuff and the dog and everything and follow us back up, and you can live in Cassie's, like, writing barn. She has, like, a, a barn. That's so cool. It's like a, fur- That's a really beautiful furnished barn. She's like, yeah. and we figured it out, and you'll live there, and you'll be safe. They had completely made an exit strategy for me. That's that amazing. Great. We thought about it. Right, yes, right. I mean, yeah, they're like, we are going to get, we are ready to get in the car now. Yeah. People
0: like We'll in- drive
1: to you now to help you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. We ended up thinking like, I think we actually have to stay and ride this out. Like yeah. we also may already be infected. We don't know. It was like a zombie right. part at that point. We're like, we don't know. We just don't yeah, know. I, would ride. I don't want to take it there. So, yeah. but I mean, it's that kind of thing. Where they always have your back. So
0: yeah. That's those are hard friendships to come by. Yeah. So, so the, the
1: fact that Holly is now on the top of the world, I'm like, correct. That's correct, world. that is <laughs> she exactly is. the right thing <laughs> to do. That's right. I'm like, ah, ding ding. Good move, world. <laughs> That's right.
0: Let's see. I know that you said in um I read a couple interviews and it says that you already have books is it six and seven planned out? Yes. And Mm -hmm. so I'm curious, (laughs) is, is this going to organically go as long as you desire for it to go? I think you have like a,
1: yeah, I have a plan. I mean, the next book coming out is a non Stevie book. We just, because I kind of, I proposed three at once, one non Stevie and two Stevie. And oh, then we okay. decided to kind of in the ordering of them in the publishing schedule, I was like, I think we should do the non Stevie one next.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then the, with the Stevie one, next Stevie one, Stevie six, right after that. So okay. the next book coming out is a complete standalone. It's oh, uh, so a mm-hmm. one and done uh, called Death at Morning House. Hmm. Okay. So that's, that's what's next. And yes, I have the, the, all the contours. And then once I really get into it, I sit and I, I sit like a crazy bomb maker, just like just making. <laughs> the, the thing is, you don't see anything from me for a while, and you're like, "What's she doing?" And I'm just like building the little thing. Yeah, nobody can get a book from me for a while because it's not a book; it's pieces. Right. And then I've built them in so many sections, and then I'm suddenly it's like. Brrr they're like where did it come from I'm like well I had I was assembling was, all the pieces right and then I start putting the piece together and I start sewing the pieces together then I do the fine embroidery on the pieces then I do the final touching on the pieces and I do the adding you know it's like I'm making a quilt or something I'm like okay yeah. I'm making all the things and then I add all the little stitching and then I oh, put this here and so but for a while they're like where's book and I'm like book is parts Parts. is here but book here. is bag of parts you like parts so many of my editors have seen this bag of parts and going ah. Uh-huh. I'm like it's parts it's book it's not forget it's parts but it will come together you know soon book this is how i write book <laughs> that is fantastic people learn so, how to work with me and they're like ah it's just how she does it don't worry she'll give it to you yeah is do you plan on the series being more than seven books at this point, I don't know. I think the seventh one will probably be the final case, but I do not know because there are ways it could continue. But I'm not sure. I think I think the way I've designed it is probably going to end with the last that seventh one.
0: Oh, okay. So, because that led me to wonder, because this is is that this, this is your longest running series? Am mm-hmm. I correct to say that? Mm-hmm. So, would this be like? And I know I can't ask because it's like picking children and picking favorites and all this yeah. stuff like that. But is this something that like you're super passionate, something that I don't want to say magnum opus, but like your grant, like this is like what no, I, I just,
1: I mean, I I really just want to keep writing lots and lots of mysteries. Okay. You know, for example, yeah. I had the shades of London series, which I love. The problem was I got really sick. Like it's I, really that's good. the trouble is that I got, I had a major medical issue when I was writing that series yeah. and it got delayed. And mm-hmm. because it got delayed, it basically exploded off the publishing schedule, which is why it never got finished. And I've been right. trying to finish it all this time. I'm like, it's so publishing you have to wrestle with, mm-hmm. like, I'm gotcha. like, it's the lesson never get sick. I don't know, but I, yeah, I had a really bad medical issue. Um, right. so I love that series um, and I'm like, I, I, am like, I will finish it. Even if I'm writing this book for two people, I get a lot to be fair though. I get a lot of questions about those books. I get them you know? almost every day. People are like, are you going to write the last ones? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to.
0: Right. Well, there's a lot, seems like there's a lot of demands, like you said on, cause it's not just sitting down and writing. It's working with a bunch of people to try to get things published and like putting them out there. And
1: like, I, I have the good problems that I have a lot of books under contract. I have a lot of things to write. It's just there's a lot of stuff people don't tell you. And I really believe that if you do have writing education, mm-hmm. there should be a mandatory class on the business of writing. Right. Yeah. How to handle your time and how to handle agents, contracts, how to look at a marketing plan. Like it right. doesn't have to the one the MFA I went to was like how we, we are artists. We would never do. I'm like, yeah, but you're not ruining anybody by telling them like, if they have a book published, they're going to need to know what to do. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. And that's a big thing we've learned talking to people. Cause we, nobody ever sees that. You're right. Nobody ever gets to actually look at that side of it, unless you're in it and you're right. like going through it and it's yeah. happening to you actively.
1: And I see a lot of advice on the internet when people are like, Hey, newbie writers, this is how it happens. And I've been seeing this for years and I'm like, it, I, you know, I'm like that. gift of like that's not how any of this works. Like, yeah, they're like, if your book doesn't have a hundred thousand dollar marketing budget, you're doomed. I'm like, who is telling you this? No, Correct. stop. No more internet. No yeah. more Doctor <laughs> like, Google. It no. Cut it off. <laughs> stop. Like it's it's bad for you, and it's not real. I've seen so yeah. many classes of devs, like get terrible information and get and then infighting and like confusion like. People need real information about what it's like. Yeah. Because none of this is helpful.
0: Right. And I think it kind of discourages people from taking that jump into trying to do something that they're passionate about and that they love. Because maybe, like, oh yeah, I could write it, but then what am I going to do with it after that? Like, no. Writing
1: list. and publishing are two entirely different things. That's the exactly. biggest lesson to learn. Writing is writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then publishing is publishing. They are connected, but not. Right. They are separate things and you got to learn them separately. Yeah. And I, if nothing else, I'd like to be an advocate for writers and readers
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just say like, I want to defend the money and the time and the integrity of writers. I don't yeah. want it taken on scams. I don't want it. I don't want depleted by certain courses that won't help them. Some are great. Some are not. Yeah. Um, and just not being let down or frightened by bad information
0: yeah
1: this is something i'm very very passionate about Yeah. my mother I, is going i'm just waving goodbye you look very nice <laughs> goodbye <laughs> the coat i got my mother a coat for christmas and it's look it looks looks 10 out of 10.
0: oh good. it's cold. you look too. great
1: okay have fun <laughs> i bought her i spent uh because my husband's english we actually spent um christmas in the uk last year, which is the first time we hadn't, we usually go before or after, but we actually spent it there. But to sort of make it up, I bought my mom all these gifts in London, including Mm -hmm. a fancy raincoat she was just wearing. She's like, my raincoat. But yeah, I just, I get very angry about it. (laughs) I'm a very bullshit person. As they say, I'm like, you know, just the workers, (laughs) but there's a lot of bad information. You need to protect your writing time and just don't believe everything you read on the internet about how publishing works. Right. A lot of the people talking about it have no idea. They may seem like they know what they're talking about. Listen, I've been watching this. I feel like I've been in a spectator box a long time going, nope, 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 nope. nope. Don't let people tell you how to write. Don't, and don't let people tell you that they, unless it's like certain people that's like, here's some stuff about publishing. I am an editor. This is where I work. Yeah. I will tell you right. a couple of things. And even then, it may or not all be all right. Don't right. even listen right. to me about this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> just listen jump to in there absolutely no one. Well, take it,
0: it all, me-
1: measure your information, measure your sources. Good right. advice. But right. anything that tells you that it's all doomed is nonsense. Anything that tells you like you need you absolutely need certain things to get your book published bullshit sorry can I curse all right nonsense yeah, you <laughs> absolutely um yeah anybody's like this is the only thing that will work or this is the only thing that they buy or this is the no 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 no. don't listen to those people they don't know what they're talking about get out yeah. get out <laughs> run away <laughs> it's
0: trapped yeah
1: publishing's weird publishing's super weird and anyways it has nothing to do with writing like how sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't so yeah. it's a really weird thing to be in <laughs>
2: Is that what do you say that's like the most um I don't want to say like intimidating but like the most stressful I guess part of writing
1: um, um no no basically what I I walked in knowing nothing and had to learn from like uh, suddenly I had five books under contract and no idea what was happening
2: oh, wow. luckily
1: I knew one agent, and she helped me through, but like, it was a mess. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same way, I wasn't frightened because I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. Right. I was a great person. I was a person who got a lot of jobs that was like, I can do this job. I'm now here. I will figure out how to do this job. Like, that was like, I'm like, I know how to do that. I do not know how to do that. So <laughs> you know, confidence. I'm, I'm, I know how to waitress. I do not know how to waitress. Like, I just... <laughs> Make it So until you, you make it until you're a pro. You yeah, know? and you're and you're never out, and you're never, you know, it's like if something goes wrong, it's not over. You're just you just things roll on. Yeah. That's so awesome. enjoy it, enjoy, and also if you get rejections, enjoy it. That's all part of it, and enjoy the fact. And you're like, I'm writing terribly. Great, everybody writes terribly. The process of all books is that they're terrible. Like <laughs> you always write terribly great you're doing a great job because you just write writing usually writing is terrible and then you work on it and you revise it and it gets better and it improves but Mm -hmm. if you're like i'm i'm writing terribly i'm like that is the best news i could hear
2: yeah that's why it reminds me of ben i told that's what i told you you the other day because we we have like um we're starting up like a blog for our library where we are going to be writing book reviews. And I was writing up like one of my first book reviews and I sent it to and I was like, this is crap, but tell me what <laughs> you think. Good. Perfect.
0: Because you're right. You have to go and you have to do it or you won't learn. I you're making, yeah.
1: but I mean, literally every book is made of, is bad like no book is good when it gets, it's It's just that you start something. It's all materials. You're making mm-hmm. material. Yeah. You, you are literally all process is messy. So yeah. it, it's not like there's no neat process. So don't worry about it.
0: That's good. That's great. I love
1: so it. these are my beliefs, you know, like people should embrace being terrible and fantastic. because <laughs> yeah, th- there's this I weird it. idea that like people think that you're just going to start writing and be great at it. I'm like, yeah. But like, we wouldn't expect someone to sit down at a piano and be like, I know how to play this. Like, no, you just actually right. have to learn and play it. And then even when you are a writer who has written many, many books, people are like, look, a writer. She's been on New York Times. Look, she's the writer. You're, I'm still like, terrible writing. Because <laughs> that's the job. Yeah, I make, love it. Your, yeah. your job is to make a mess and then build, like you're building materials. You're literally creating your own clay. It's a mess. Yeah. Be messy. Don't worry about stuff so much.
0: Be I ma- like that. that um very good advice.
2: Is there anybody who not necessarily like have to be like a famous author or anything like that or um it could be like family member is there anybody who has inspired you or influenced your writing along the way?
1: I have to say family-wise, I sort of came out of nowhere because I I have a very non-artistic family and I was always I was the only child and I just sort of showed up like this and they're like <laughs> That's just how you arrived. like that's yes. just you. Um but I take inspiration sort of I just like to look at things. I just like to look around. I also went to theater school. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I was like, I really have a commitment to being poor. Let's go um, <laughs> But that really trains you to look and right. not look down, but look up, look around all the time, look at things mm-hmm. and watch how they move, how they operate, how they. How they change. Um, when you work with staging, you really you have to think about. I I had this one professor, she's kind of a famous theater professor, her name is Anne Bogart. And her she had this theory, and course called Perspectives, where, or no, Not it wasn't perspectives. Oh shit. I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of what her system is. But basically, it's all the dimensions of stage work, forward, mm-hmm. backward, side to side, up and down. But it's also like horizontal movements and sound and absence of sound and like all of these yeah. different ways of of like of working with and once you start working with things like that I like I find that very inspirational to really look and to just just kind of be a weirdo is sort of my, my best best yeah. advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Your job is to look your job is to make a mess. Your job yeah. is not to be pristine and think you're super you know you're if you're crafting something you're messy so put on your apron and work and like get messy
2: that's great advice we needed that advice it, we today. did we really did we're like we're so guilty of being perfectionists. we're so worried and we're not even perfect <laughs> like our podcast like 95% of the time is chaotic we're like we'll start talking about something the next thing you know we're talking about like <laughs> good peanut but butter sandwiches
0: I think that's the thing though, is that when you really love something and then that's the misconceptions, you really love something and you have to pour everything into it. And then in your mind, in some way that you have to uphold it, it has to be this perfect, beautiful, like think is it's so precious, mm-hmm. but just because it's precious doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be, it can't be organic. It can't be yeah. everything it can't be. So it's a, it's a great lesson because it just shows you that you can be yourself, that you can love what you do you can be messy, you can have fun in doing it and you can yeah. learn things along the way constantly. Like you're yeah. never gonna stop learning
1: anyway. So it doesn't- It is you. organic. I like a big shaggy garden. I like- Yeah. Um, and it, I was thinking about this last night cause I was like, I need to use Instagram more. It's, it's like one of my failings. I'm like, I gotta use Instagram more. But I was like- <laughs> some authors have like beautiful photos and the standing in front of beautiful walls. Yeah. I'm like, that's not me. None of that is me. I'm like, I am like Marie Kondo. I love mess. Like I do. I love mess. I'm like, that's what I should be doing. It's just messy yeah. gram, like messy. messy Yeah. That's my mood. So I've decided mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. And my it. pictures may be more random and they are of stuff. Cause I take more pictures of stuff and 90 of them, percent of them are of that little monster right there but um just stuff that i see that i'm thinking about or if they're pictures of me i don't wear a lot of makeup or anything like i'm like look you get what you get i'm making (laughs) stuff over here let's make stuff together yeah i'm a bit of a dirty hippie yeah i like it i love that just whoever you are and if you are eyelashes and beauty great i love that too yeah if that's your thing that's your process. That's your identity. Good. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace Whatever you. you need, but you don't have to be anything in particular. To sort of. Want to, like if a, if if someone like me can do this, you can do it.
0: See, we can, we can do it. We can do it. I love yes. it. That was fantastic. Yeah,
2: we we really enjoyed talking to you today. Yes. Well, thank you so nice. much. Yes, thank we're you. super
0: excited to have
2: you on here. Um, I think it was great.
0: It was wonderful. And thank you for taking the time and sitting down with us. Like, I love that you're willing and other authors are willing to sit down and talk to us because Mm -hmm. um, our community here in Kokomo, we're not like, we're not New York. We're small. (laughs) We're small. We're small. But there are so many wonderful things that we want to give to the community, reach out and like show them and stuff and being Mm -hmm. able to talk and to see and I don't know, normalize it because sometimes we like... Because that's what we did. We hyped ourselves. up. This is Marie Johnson. She's gonna be awesome. What if we're like, I don't know, you know, we're just a bunch of places. <laughs> She's gonna get on. It. I don't know what what we're gonna say we're gonna fumble it up. But like to be able to give this to people to be able to see and talk and just like learn those experiences, share these things with people. It's wonderful that you were able to and willing to do that with us and that we yeah. can share those things with everyone and the, I, really, I really love it. It's fantastic. Yes. It really warmed it my amazing. heart up and I appreciate it. And I the, love meeting the pup. <laughs> they, I mean, yes.
1: libraries are under attack. You guys are where it's at. You are the community center. You are the community hub and you need to be protected. And the job you do is super hard. Yes. yes. And more than ever, the library, the library, the library, go to it, support it. Remember people that remember a lot of people want to take it away.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that that's the issue. And We just want to raise more awareness and put ourselves out there so that people can pick things up, read them. That They know that they can come here and get any knowledge that they want, have Mm -hmm. access to the things that they need because it, it's about community too. And it's about being that central part of where we live and being those arms that outstretch outreach for the young adults, for the kids, for the parents. I mean, Mm -hmm. we offer things for everyone all the time. Literally all the
1: time. Going around the country and seeing a lot of libraries has been an eye-opening experience just to see what kind of services are provided. They're like, here's a room where people can come and work, you know, do their work from home every day. Here's a room where they can record or do Zooms or record their podcasts or Mm -hmm. conduct interviews or whatever. Here is where we teach people how to use computers. Here is where we help them fill out their job applications. Here is where my dog barks. Here is where (laughs) you can rent musical instruments. Here is where kids can come and play, or anybody, I guess, but probably in a young adult section can play video games. Here is where you can help learn English. Here is where you can help learn another language. Here is where we will help victims of interpersonal violence get assistance. Here is where we help someone try to get assistance for food. Here, like. Yeah. They're becoming the catch-alls for everything. So when you go in and use the library, it becomes harder to close. Yeah.
2: Yes. And it's we are yes. not just books. Like people, yeah. it's so it's so funny. Like people are always asking me, what do you do at the library? Everything and read.
1: I'm I'm like, like Yeah. You don't you, you don't wouldn't even believe know that the half kind of, of stuff
2: that we would, do,
0: yeah, that that we we would Or
1: All the, the or all the librarians who've trained on Narcan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yes. You know, Narcan resources. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just human resources, helping people get jobs, money, food, housing,
0: mm-hmm. loneliness.
1: Right. It It's a cure for loneliness.
0: Yes. Yep. So when you go
1: business. in, when you go in, the more times you go through the doorways, the more important the library becomes and the harder it becomes for other people to close it. Yes. yes. Please go through the doors.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and like I said, it's awesome that we're able to speak with you today because it shows people like the little bit of magic that you're putting on our shelves that they can talk to the person behind that, get that inspiration to be able to come and do more. And
1: yeah, right here or right at home or- Best place to write, go and write. That way, all the things you want to think about and pick up, all the books are, get up and be like, oh, what happened in that one book that was so interesting? Like you just go over find it, be like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a dragon, put that back. And then there's another one with a bat. Like you can go over and look at that. Like they're Mm -hmm. all there. It's great. Exactly, all at your disposal, all at your fingertips. All at your disposal costs you nothing exactly don't cost nothing get in there Absolutely. use the magic it's like a giant magic factory that literally yes. bad people want to shut down so get in there <laughs> we agree yeah. with you
0: yeah
2: yeah that's awesome. unfortunate it is but
1: sure is
0: we're working hard to put the magic back yeah yep get it out there far we try to super promote our library so and that's what that's another reason why we do the podcast too is so yeah. that people can Find more ways to be able to get their hands on things. Yep.
1: Well, so, I look forward to visiting your library someday.
0: Yes, we would, yes, love, we would that. love that. That would
2: be so awesome. And we're gonna be here till we die. So <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you.
0: <see> <laughs> we'll be around.
2: So again, thank you, Maureen, for joining us. Um, thank you,
0: everybody. Pick up Truly Devious. You, um, you can find that on Hoopla as yes. an audiobook. We have that for free on OverDrive for you to use with it's your free. card.
1: Don't pay yes. for it read.
0: Exactly. Woo-hoo. You just put your library card in. You can listen to the audiobook. You can read the ebook on overdrive slash Libby. Um, and then I you can love come Libby. in. Oh God. I oh, love life. Libby. Yes. yes.
1: It's my favorite thing ever. I just That's got a little, important. I get a little alert on my phone. Like your book is here. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. I Authors oh, use yeah. Libby and people ask me, they're like, do authors like, does it bother you that people go to the library instead of paying? I'm like, are you kidding me? Books. I, I mean, the fact that people buy it means that I get to live and pay for dog food. And so it is really meaningful for me when you buy it. I really, yeah. really appreciate it. At the same time, my concept is books should cost you nothing and you should be able to read them. So mm-hmm. like, I, I'm like, are you kidding me? When you read at the library, that's the best news I've heard.
0: Yes. Awesome. I love it. All right.
2: Well, you guys, we gave you 47 ways to read Truly Devious.
0: So you no, there's, there's no, no excuses. To pick it up. <laughs> you have to pick it up and yes. you have to tell us what you think. Talk to us about it. Start a conversation with us, email us, come upstairs and just be like, where's Ann and Samantha? Like we're here. We're here. <laughs> you know, come on over. Yes.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. It's
0: very nice to meet you. Nice to meet thank you. you. Bye. Bye.